recording. Okay, cool. Hey everyone, my name is Jessica Whitaker. I am a full-time photographer and the founder of a nonprofit called Build and Bloom, and this is my first ever podcast that I'm recording myself here in my tiny New York City apartment. I've been on a quite a few podcasts uh, the past year, and I love it, and I just kind of want to start migrating some of my education into a podcast format. I love the idea that you could listen to this on your way from work, on your way home from school. You can listen to it getting ready. And I'm still going to be creating my weekly YouTube photography tutorials, but I want to do a little bit more just business, small business, creative career, entrepreneurial talks on a longer format podcast. If you like this, be sure to immediately right now drop everything. Even if you're driving, just kidding. <laughs> you don't do it later. Ask Siri to remind you. Take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to the podcast and post it up on Instagram. Tag me at Jessica Whitaker and I'll repost you. It will just be able to share with others a resource that they can uh, find and use in their own creative career. One thing I'm nervous for about podcast, we're going to get into the actual topic in a second, but one thing I am nervous about with podcasts is I can't just like go in and add a little bit more. Uh, Whenever there's a video and I forget to mention something, I can always just add text onto the video, like, screen I can insert in additional info and with podcasts if I forget something I don't know how it's gonna work also my part of my brand identity is having really poor audio quality if you've been watching me on YouTube for even 30 seconds you might know that audio has never been been something I've been concerned with and a podcast is only that so I'm still navigating and figuring out how to use everything and I hope that you can kind of bear with me but let's get into the actual important stuff I just have to do like a few disclaimers here or there as we get started okay so today's podcast I want to share about how influencers make their coin This is coming from somebody who I have quite a bit of a background in social media, if I do say so myself. I will be talking about that in a minute, but I want to just discuss, see, this is a part of the podcast where I'm like, oh wait, I should go back and edit. That didn't really make sense. I want to start fresh, whatever. We're just going to dive right in. And if I never get a sponsorship or any kind of ad, that's okay because I can do my own ad. I have my own online photography workshop. If you're interested in how to market, manage clients in your own backyard, you guys can head to jessicawhitaker.co.co because .com is too expensive slash workshop and learn from there. See, we don't even need that pad, paid, 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 not pad, paid ad placement. Wow. Okay. This is off. I'm nervous for this, but it's okay. Okay. Let's talk about how... <laughs> How do you even begin a podcast? I don't know. This is not it. We're like four minutes into this already. Get to the point. Okay, sorry. Okay, we are going to talk about how influencers make their money. I have seven different points that I'm going to share with you. It's probably more like 10, but I have seven main points and then a few like little 
offshoots of them. This will just give you some insight and education, a little bit of that schooling though. And if you're looking to start your own blog, YouTube channel, microblog on Instagram, if you're looking to go into social media management, I just hope that this gives you a bit of insight into what all goes into it. Now, this is not going to be me sharing how much work goes into it, how many hours go into running your own socials, um, whether that's full-time on the side, something you want to do full-time down the road, after school, after work. That is a whole nother discussion because, you know, a lot of people who do decide to go into being an influencer of any scale, there are a lot of hours that go into that and it's usually just them and maybe one other person helping them out. So that's not what this is going to be about. You you could kind of read between the lines for your, I don't know, the I'm nervous, I don't know the phrase, but you'll be able to kind of see, okay, wow, th- there is a lot of that goes into running this whole thing um, and the business behind it. So I'm just going to talk about, like I said, seven ways that influencers make their money. Hopefully this will educate you, inspire you, um, and I'm excited to get into it. So a little bit of background about myself, Jessica. Hi, how are you? Oh, <laughs> is I started in social media in 2000 and maybe 12. So, okay, where do I even begin? This is, you know what, this podcast is the theme I have decided right here and now. It's just going to be as if you were having coffee with me and we were spilling the tea, but we don't spill the tea because we are women and men of integrity and we don't do that, but it's going to be very casual. I've decided that now. Okay, (laughs) so I started in social media back in the day, like 2012, 2013. I was working in e-commerce. And I was doing, managing their socials like Tumblr, Tumblr, who remembers Tumblr? Who still uses Tumblr? I loved Tumblr. Um, Tumblr, and then I would also write some blog copy here and there. And I also, in 2013, started a YouTube channel Now, I started it more towards the end of 2013 after my senior year of high school going into my freshman year of college. So in high school, I went to a fashion design and marketing trade school, which I loved for my junior and senior year of high school. And I kind of would document stuff on Instagram. And then as I phased out, as I not phased out of trade school, as I graduated from trade school and from the program, I was going in the fall to a community college and just doing my general eds to prepare me for design school the following year. So I kind of had this in-between year of not doing anything really fashion design oriented. So I felt like YouTube, I mean, I loved watching YouTube videos, was a place where I could um, create and still have an outlet for design. Pause. Before that, I did, like, growing up, have a fashion blog. Oh my gosh, cringe. But honestly, it prepared me. <laughs> I had one. I feel like a lot of people did, like, a WordPress or blog, blog spot site. And you'd, like, post your outfits and, like, your mom would take... I mean, my mom still takes my pics now because she's such a good photographer. But it was very, 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 like, middle school vibes. I'd always been kind of into it. And then once Instagram rolled around when I was in high school, I just used Instagram in a very, very, very... Like, maybe post once a month. Um, <laughs> Then... I did social media in 
in my e-commerce job and very light. And as the years kind of went on, as community college ended, and I went to my second, I went to three community colleges as I went to the design school, um, I started actually making more YouTube videos and these were all like fashion related. I realized though that fashion was something that was so broad as you can imagine it's so broad it's so vast so I decided that I needed to have a niche so that's when and when I started my YouTube channel honestly that is when I decided about the whole niche thing and really researching social media and how do you market yourself how do you find a target audience online especially in something so vast like a style category so that's when I started diving deep and re- like really research. Like I would spend hours and hours and hours after school and after work researching like how did Twitter work? How did um, the YouTube, how would you get YouTube videos to get views? Like what's the formula for it? And I actually remember I helped my friend, um, launch her YouTube channel before I launched mine because I was still too nervous about launching it and the video I helped her create with the formula and the marketing and the QA hit over a million views um and so that was really cool so when I saw it hit over a million views and I figured out that formula and I finally and she encouraged me to like start my own instead of just doing other people's projects for them I loved doing that but when I started my own, that was when I was like, okay, this is really cool. Okay, so I'm kind of jumping around a bit, I suppose, but are y'all tracking with me? Probably not. Anyways, so I started my YouTube channel, and then I went to design school, continued to do it, and then I took a class in social media in design school, which, by the way, I hated design school. I would barely, I use the term school loosely in that con notation in that context why I try to keep using but I'm nervous I'm trying to use like vocabulary words that I would typically use they're not even like that intense but I just can't remember which goes where whatever once I'm like 20 minutes into this podcast I'll be fine but I'm just nervous okay so I took a social media class at that school it was literally trash I mean we've (laughs) we learned we had like a three week intensive on Prezi. Prezi. Do y'all know what Prezi is? It's like a third party site for creating slideshows. I'm putting my tuition money. Oh my gosh. It was just trash. My teacher though was really nice. He was so nice. The curriculum was just tragic and he found my YouTube channel and that I don't know how maybe I showed it to him or something because we had to create like a YouTube we had to create a Twitter like just to use figure out like the functionality of the site of the various websites so when he found it I would just he (laughs) he literally just gave that was the only class in college I got an A in when we had our Twitter assignment to like create a tweet and like all this stuff (laughs) he was like yo you don't even need to do it it was so awesome so he was nice but it was still the curriculum was still a joke and it was like Prezi so I understand though back in 2014 there isn't much to teach on social media but I would say after that class it did pique my interest and I didn't realize how much I actually knew do you know what I mean? Um, and I was kind of like, hey, you know, I don't want to go into fashion design or the fashion industry at all for that matter. But social media, like I didn't realize how powerful my mind was. <laughs> so I moved back to Seattle after 
my uh, one year in design school, I transferred to Bellevue College in Seattle and I ended up getting um, my degree in liberal arts. And I remember in my last class ever, it was a business class, our professor was like, oh, if any of y'all are interested in getting your bachelor's degree, because I was just going for my AA, y'all, like, I had, anyway, we'll talk about my college experience later. Actually, I have a YouTube video on it, so we probably won't talk about it in the podcast, but if you're interested in my college experience, um, I have that video up on YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash Jessica Whitaker. If you're having a really hard time getting through school, I think this video, I know this video will encourage you because if I can do it, you can do it. Then she told us that there was a bachelor's degree available now for digital media. And then I was like, I'm not coming back. I'm not doing this again, but I wish that I would have known. I wish that that degree was available like a year ago. I totally would have done it, but it's not something that I felt like I needed to pursue because I had actually, so during my last class, that would have been what, like May? Cause I think I walked, I graduated in June. I walked in June. Um, I had already gotten a job as a social media director before I even finished, um, my senior year of college. So how that happened was I was working in e-commerce and I love, loved my job in e-commerce. If I was still in Seattle, I would love to still work at it because it was so amazing. And I'm going to do, I plan to do a podcast on my jobs and everything, um, more in detail and what that entailed. How did I even get jobs? Cause it took like a lot of internships and job shadows and stuff like that. But this is more of a overview Wow, we're, you guys just want to know how influencers make their coin, and I'm like giving you a whole backstory. I applied to be for this job for a social media director for a like medical laser laser spa in my area of Seattle because my aunt had forwarded my mom the job listing because my aunt was like a customer there. She's like, this looks like something Jessica would want to do. My mom literally made me go to the interview. I told her like, I'm like, yo, I love my job in e-commerce. I'm already doing social media on my own. At this point, I was also consulting and coaching for social media for other businesses and influencers. And I was like, I don't really want this. I already have a job. I'm not interested. And she made me go. So I went to the interview and I ended up getting the job and I was excited about it. I just wasn't super interested in it at first. But when I heard what the job was and I was, they told me I was overqualified and I saw I would get my own office and stuff and what I'd be doing. I was excited because it was something I was super interested in. I just wasn't necessarily completely interested in working for somebody else in-house. But I thought, you know, I'm going to do this. Like, why not? It's a great opportunity and I'm still going to work at my job in e-commerce. So I was going to school part-time. I only had like four classes to finish, four or five, maybe six. Actually, I had like six classes to finish. So I took like three each um, semester. So technically part-time. And then working full-time as a media director and then working part-time after work work or what you know my full-time job in e-commerce so it was very crazy I was doing photography on the weekends so then and that doesn't even include my what I was still doing with YouTube I was now teaching photography on YouTube at this point and I was doing Instagram like you know brand work and we're going to talk about how influencers make their money in a second but I loved the whole aspect about my job in social media in-house because I was able to build an influencer program for them. I redid their, I did a lot that was kind of outside of my job title, to be honest. Like I redid their website. I redid a lot. I did like their visuals. Um, 
kind of stuff that was outside of it, but it was a great learning experience. And I would love to talk more about my job because while it was the best learning experience, it was also the most toxic work environment. And I hate the word toxic because it just reminds me people on Twitter be like, in 2017, remove what doesn't serve you from the toxic energy. Like, oh, crystals, I'm a Sagittarius vibes. Like, that's the only word I can think of for it. But I'll definitely do a podcast on that later. So anyway, was at the same time freelancing and doing social media management um, for a couple individuals. And I also did coaching all throughout the year. Once I quit my job as a social media director, I went and freelanced for (laughs) their competitor, (laughs) um, another doctor in the area and did some work for them and also a couple other people that they referred me to. So it was really fun. But as I was doing social media management, I was also teaching photography on YouTube. And that's when I kind of just wanted to fully do my own thing and pursue teaching and education and photography. And if you guys are interested in the whole journey about how I even transitioned and did photography full time outside of these jobs, I will totally make um a podcast on that in my old jobs but this is just a little bit of background of me and the like digital influencer marketing space I've really been on both sides of the fence and I love both sides of it I totally do um, but I just I love teaching photography more hey look at that transition though and you guys now you can know what I mean about my audio quality being trash This is the time in the show where I will point you over to my free photography community called Build and Bloom, but you don't have to be a photographer to be a part of it because it started out, it's more of a creative community. It started out as a a photography group and it mostly is, but if you have any kind of side hustle, ew, I hate the word hustle, but if you have any kind of side job after your nine to five in place of your nine to five and you want a community of kind, encouraging, creative, Build and Bloom. Bloom is the place for you. Just hop on over to Facebook. If you don't have a Facebook because you're like only my 45 year old aunt is on Facebook or I used it like once in college to find a roommate. No, y'all download it. Sign in. Resurrect that account you haven't touched from 2008 and search build and bloom and join the community. It's free. It's one of Facebook's most highly engaged creative communities and I would love to see you there. I don't know how to transition out of this. Let's get back to the podcast. So now that you have about 45 minutes on myself (laughs) in an intro, now now let's talk about how influencers can make their money. And I will give some personal examples on how I have made money online too with some of these, but I'm going to try to keep these as like not vague, but as broad as possible so that you can interpret this into your own business if you would like to. So the first way that influencers make money is through brand deals. Now, this is to me the most obvious one and probably the one that you think of or whenever you open the Instagram app. For instance, you see a brand deal, chances are within the first 10 minutes of scrolling through. So brand deals can be done through a third party website where 
basically a brand will host various projects and campaigns on a a third-party platform and then you as an influencer sign up for that platform and get notified whenever a campaign comes out and I'm also not going to use specific brands or any specific platform like I'm not going to use names in this because they're not paying for that product placement (laughs) which we'll talk about later product placement so I'm not going to use specifics but we will definitely um drag skinny tea though don't worry you guys and like teeth widening products and watches and stuff but I'm not going to use specific names so 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 that's one way that brand deals can happen another way is you could the influencer could be working with a PR company who is that liaison and they have a roster of uh, brands in their roster that then they could see if you fit within that so it's just a little bit different than a whole platform I prefer working with a PR company personally I work with maybe two and I work with one platform. I have been doing social media for a really long time. I have done a lot, I've signed up for a lot of different platforms just when I've been in this phase of like experimenting and seeing what's out there. Um, just to stay informed, it didn't necessarily mean that I used all the platforms, so I have signed up and I just prefer working with a PR agency and that's what I would recommend for anybody starting out and there's a lot more wiggle room when it comes to working with just PR agencies because I feel like you can negotiate your rates a little bit more whereas sometimes on platforms depending on the kind it will say the set rate and you're not able to really negotiate from there or even add on sometimes I negotiate a rate to be a little bit higher but I'll say like okay but I'll add on um, a blog post or something along those lines you know so I like working with PR agencies and you can find them a very a variety of different ways Um, I'm not going to talk about a ton of strategy in this I just want to keep it kind of short and sweet and then the third way that you could work with a brand deal is just through the brand directly themselves they could reach out to you in email or dm if they reach out to you in a dm make sure you forward them over to your email address Now, the second way that influencers can make money is through affiliate links. Now, this will look different. This can look different for everyone. And there's a variety of different ways that you can use affiliate links. Number one is through linking it in the description box of a YouTube video. So let's say for me, I have affiliate links for all of my camera gear in the description of my video. If people are asking me what kind of camera I use, I might as well link them to it. Now, some affiliate links will last for 24 hours and it's like almost a cookie, which would be on your web browser. So even if you don't purchase that camera, you might go onto Amazon later and buy something else the influencer could receive commission from that. And it's not a lot. It's like maybe a few dollars max. Um, Or there are other platforms where you can sign up and it's not through Amazon, but you can have a browser extension, for instance, on a clothing website. So it's not in Amazon, right? It's on a clothing website. This is a browser extension that you could grab the link for that URL for that product listing. And it would go into that platform essentially. And that's an affiliate link that you could use. A lot of bloggers, if you ever hear like swipe up to shop, that's through that platform because, you know, they might not have this particular blazer 
that company might probably doesn't sell it on Amazon, but they sell it on their website or a third party website where then they can use that affiliate link. So there's a few different ways you can use affiliate links. You can even do it with discount codes. I do not have that I can think of. Oh, I have one discount code that has an affiliate link, but I, whenever I do brand deals, I don't really, I don't think I've ever done My discount codes aren't links, but you can do it though. So we can all think of that one influencer. It's like, he's like a makeup guru who says like use code da 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 for 10% off. That's an affiliate link or like a code. So they can get commission from that discount code. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't have that other than I do it with one, um, software, but yeah, so that is that for affiliate links. The third way that influencers can make money is through YouTube AdSense or like Google AdSense. So any of the ads that play on or before, after a YouTube video, um, and also depending on like the watch time of the ad, if you click the ad, if you skip the ad, if you watch the ad fully through, it's going to depend on person to person and like their watch time and how long the video is and stuff, how many views it gets, how much money they will make. But for some people, their whole, the majority of their revenue could come from YouTube AdSense, like Google AdSense, or it could not, it could come more from affiliate links. So it's going to vary, um, person to person, but that's a way. And also I know if if you have a WordPress, uh, blog or website, you can also do like Google ads on that. I guess another one that I forgot to mention with brand deals and go a little bit more in depth about is brand deals could be anything from an Instagram story series with a swipe up and the the swipe up link might be an affiliate. It might just be a trackable link, or it could also be a dedicated YouTube video. It could be a sponsored two minute mention in a YouTube video. It could be a podcast ad. It could just be a product placement, depending on what the content is or what kind of platform you're using depends on the brand deals that you could get. Now, one thing that's super important about all of this, but especially brand deals, if you're looking to kind of start to integrate brand deals into your social media, you're going to want to make sure that you are only working with and endorsing brands that you like. I feel like this shouldn't even have to be said, but the trust of your audience is really all that you have. You really are going to do it not only a disservice to your audience, but the longevity of your online presence in the career. If you pick up these brand deals that are from things like skinny fit tea or like these teeth widening kits, or I mean, I can even think of like some vitamins. A lot of these brands that are just, they don't really fit into the overall goal of, or vision of your account. I feel like that will really, I don't even feel, I know that will really tarnish what viewers or what your audience you're following actually will trust. And it will really, uh, diminish, like what's the word not diminish. Sorry, this is a podcast. And now I feel like I have to edit so much. It's so important to only take brand deals that you truly like. How does it actually fit into your overall like audience? How often are you taking brand deals? That can be another thing too. You know, if you have like seven brand deals within a two week span or seven sponsored posts, that's what I'm going to say. If you have seven sponsored posts within a two week span on Instagram, we're going to talk about just Instagram static posts. So static means that they will not get removed after a period of time. They live on there forever. And half of them are 
what brands that you actually like and love, whether it's clothing brands, jewelry, maybe skincare, let's say you're just a blogger, for instance. And then the other half has to do with CBD gummies and teeth whitening kits and other just kind of like random things. And there's nothing wrong with those products, but I feel like if it doesn't tie into your overall vision and brand story, like what does teeth whitening kits have to do with everything else you're posting? It will really decrease the longevity of what you're doing. It can look a little bit it disingenuous if you have a bunch of that mixed into what like a, a big volume of these sponsored posts that you truly don't you know use I hope that makes sense uh, I just think it's important to be said Number four is going to be through passive income. This could look like anything from recipe ebooks to online courses to Lightroom preset packs, anything that you can kind of create um, essentially once post and you just have to maintain it, whether that's customer service or marketing. Um, But once you've kind of created it, it's like an evergreen product. It lives on forever essentially on its own. You just have to do that maintenance and upkeep. I love passive income and I would really recommend anyone who wants to go into making money online through any kind of social media avenue to already have a passive income stream planned out. You know, you need to have some kind of purpose behind what you're posting beyond just the audience and your goal and what your niche is I think because if you can create a passive income off of what you're doing you have that motivation to kind of run a business and you have more reason to say no to the brand deals that are skinny fit tea that are like the freaking vitamins that are the watches because you don't need that to sustain you you can use your own brand I think it's so so important and your audience would rather hear from you and something that you have created rather than a third party so passive income can be incredible thinking about what you could offer somebody that's going to offer them value I mean for me I'm a photographer I created a photography marketing online course. It's just gowittaker.co slash workshop if you're interested. I also have Lightroom preset packs. Now, I wouldn't recommend people who have not had experience in Lightroom or are not a photographer to create preset packs because it's not probably going to be relevant to what your audience is looking for. But for me, I love those two products, that passive income that I can offer people because it's something I have expertise in and can serve them and create a better or easier lifestyle, life career, whatever for them. Number five is your own product. And you probably see this in the form of merch from like big YouTubers have merch or they come out with a stationary line or they come out with a lifestyle brand, kind of creating their own physical product, which I think is really awesome. And I think that when done correctly, it can be killer. For instance, my favorite YouTuber is Kristen Johns. I love her. I think she's queen. She came out with a lifestyle brand called Kristen Made and its um, products. I think that's awesome example. It's kind of creating uh, your own brand for yourself outside or uh, your own brand for your audience outside of yourself. It's something that could have a little bit more 
longevity to it should anything happen to your own socials. The sixth way that influencers make money is through coaching or mentoring other businesses, consulting. This is done um, in the form of Skype calls or in-person meetings, whether this is for other companies, other small businesses that are looking to do what you do. Um, for me, I've done so many coaching calls with photographers for how to grow their social media. I've done coaching for coffee shop owners, dog trading facilities. I've done coaching for fitness instructors who have a like major following. I've been able to coach and mentor and consult people because I have the background as a social media director. So this is something that you might want to do or look into a little bit down the road once you really do have a full scope on social media and I think you definitely have to be an expert in the like the main platforms. You can't just offer advice to people in a paid form if you fully don't know, if you're not confident that you could answer it. So this is something you could do down the road. That's one great way that you could make some money and it could be a one-time thing. It could be on retainer. It's awesome. Now the seventh is kind of similar to consulting or mentoring other businesses, but this is just social media management. This can be awesome. If you are an expert in Instagram and you're fully confident that you could coach, you could also run other people's or other businesses Instagram whether this is part-time you're going to work in-house for somebody or do freelance this is incredible you can there's so many options that you could do with this you could work for an agency I would recommend if you can just have one or two clients on your own and just be contracted to work for them and just do 10 hours a week with them or 20 hours a week with them and that could look like a variety of things that could look like creating the content for them in their studio. It could look like just managing it remotely or upkeeping their account. There's so many things that you could do with social media management and obviously so many social channels you could do, but Instagram is the one that comes to mind. This is something that I did. Um, like I mentioned before, I was doing social media direction. And when I was doing it, I was doing the management part itself, like the actual, I don't want to say the back end of it, but not just consulting on what to do, but doing it for them. And it's really, really fun. So all of these ways are ways that influencers can make money and ways that you could make money if you are interested too. And what I really love about this whole digital media marketing world and influencers is that I love how it can enable people to take their business into their own hands and take their future into their own hands. People can use social media as a tool to make some money on the side, kind of in the same way of photography. Make some money on the side of their nine to five to be able to put that money towards going on vacation or put that money towards paying off their student loans, or put that money towards friends, put that money towards paying off a credit card. There are so many possibilities that open up when it comes to social media. That's incredible because all you need is an internet connection and a computer or a phone. You don't need a big camera to create beautiful content. You just need a little bit of creativity. But what I also really love about social media is that you can also use it to do good. And that's what I always hope with anything that I create, whether it's a podcast, an online course, an Instagram, uh, 
campaign, if it's you know, a Facebook group, I want to make sure that I'm always being able to have the concept of less me and more we. I always want to have a greater purpose behind anything that I post. And it's such a great way to do good in the world and to use your platform for something other than yourself and something outside of yourself. So I have a nonprofit called Build and Bloom, which started out of a Facebook group that I created. And now we have done workshops, free workshops all over the world and teaching young adults how to run their photography business. They already know how to shoot. They already know how to edit. But what is everything, what goes on behind a business? How do they run it? We do free networking groups for young women interested in creative media on a monthly basis all across the United States. If you can create a purpose outside of yourself, you're going to be more motivated to post. Because when it's all about us, it gets boring really fast. And that's when we fall into the trap of comparison, of feeling insecure or nervous or shy and letting that get in the way of what we want to post. I'm so nervous to make a podcast. Um, As you can tell, like when I was first recording this, the first bit, I was like feeling so awkward and I still feel awkward posting and I still feel awkward recording myself on camera, editing myself and then posting about myself and then posting to promote myself. But everything that I do is to serve a greater purpose and that's to bring um, insight, education, to people. So if you could kind of map out what it is you want to do with social media, but how are you going to be serving an audience and how are you going to be helping them and benefiting them in their life? And also think about that passive income you could create through it and how that could better somebody's life too. Then you're going to have more of that business mindset behind what you're going to be sharing. Oh my gosh, there's a moth in my room. I don't know where the heck it came from. What the heck? It just emerged from my carpet. I hate moths. They're so gross. It's like one of those little tiny, tiny ones. Okay, that's so freaking weird. Anyway, we are talking about basically going outside of yourself and using a platform for good and a greater purpose. And that's how you'll stay motivated. Okay, so... That is it for today's podcast. If you enjoyed, please, if you're watching on i or watching, if you're listening on iTunes, leave a review in the iTunes review section. Like I'm still figuring out the podcast realm, but leaving a review does help the algorithm, I suppose, and share on your Instagram where you're listening from. Sorry, the moth is distracting me so much. Oh my gosh. Where you're listening from and take a screenshot of your screen. I would love to share it on Instagram. My Instagram is at Jessica Whitaker. And hopefully by the next episode, I'll figure out a title for this podcast. I love you. I believe in you. And I'll see you later on. I'll see you on my social. How do I end these? I don't know. Okay. Okay, bye.